Have you guys ever like searched for something online to buy something and you see the description and the description says one thing, but then you show up like whether this was on Virage sale or Kijiji and they say like mint condition and then you show up and it's not, you know, uh, or it's like this is, you know, they tell you the dimensions and you're thinking it's this big cabinet. It's going to go great in your house. And it's like a small little kind of thing and you're like why why was your description so off i don't get it you know and so i don't know if that's ever happened to you a couple of a, a month ago or so my wife wanted to pick up like um a gate for uh, for our dog you know like uh, to to keep our dog kind of in one part of the house so she's like oh I'll go pick this up i found it on virage sale so i i show up and and um you know she had she had kind of settled on a price and so i picked this thing up and it's it's all which is only for the dog but it's all scratched and dusty and dirty and so i was just like was that what that was like, where'd you guys get this? And so it was interesting. And I, I offered her a little less money and, um, she kind of, she took it. And then her husband freaked out at us because, uh, I negotiated on the spot and I just thought, but I just, the bio, the, you know, like what was written and what we received looked a little different. I thought you can do that. Anyways, I felt so horrible. I went back and dropped the extra five bucks at the person's house, but (laughs) because, you know, people like, then they track you on social media and say bad things about you, you know? So, so, Anyways, uh, but I did it genuinely, I promise. But have you ever done that where, where here, here's a description and you show up and it's like, this is not what I thought. And we've been in this series called Image Bearers and it comes to a close today and we've been discovering um, through parts of the scripture, particularly Genesis 1 and 2 and then other pieces of the scripture as well, God has created humanity in his image. And we've discovered the value that every person we lock eyes with has because they are image bearers. We've discovered the worth of people, um, those that we know, those that we don't know, those that think differently from us. Everyone is created in God's image. We've discovered that. We've, we've discovered through this series this sense of identity, what it means to know that, that our creator has created us in his likeness. We've discovered a sense of purpose and responsibility that, that God um, is a creative God and he's mandated us to, to, to contribute to the world in creative ways. We've discovered that in terms of what it means that we're relational beings. We talked about the vocation of marriage and singleness. We talked about sexuality the last couple of weeks. And, and here's the idea. There's this big expectation, right? Every person we lock eyes with is an image bearer. And that's kind of the description. And... I, it just makes me ask the question, what if we all looked, really looked like God? What if we all would reflect his image? What if we all uh, demonstrated with our lives truly that we're image bearers? And as I ask the question, the obvious thought is, well, we don't all look like God. We don't all act like God. We don't always look like God. At least I don't. I don't always reflect the image of God the way I think I'm meant to. And, you know, in our everyday life, it's hard to fit the description of God that we see in scriptures with people we meet if we're all image bearers. Does your boss reflect God's image at work all the time? Do you respond to your spouse in the way that God would if, if he was you? Do you um, approach your work and relationships as God would walk into your work and fulfill your work? Does your budget reflect God's wisdom and generosity? Think about that. 
And so there's this kind of gap and this tension sometimes. We're created in God's image, but then we recognize we don't always really live that out. We don't always really look like that. And today I want to I wanna talk about how, just as we kind of come to the close of the series, what, what that could look like, what that means, and, and also why the tension is there. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to read uh, a few verses from verse 5. And here's the Apostle Paul in the middle of writing to this church community in the first century, helping them in their journey of following Jesus, in their spiritual formation, um, in their also desires to grow in Christ. And he says this, starting from verse 5. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. He says, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. And he continues, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slaver free, but Christ is all and is in all. And therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Father, as we just pause and and invite you to speak to us at the end of this journey we've been on, um, God, wherever maybe the gaps are in our own lives or the longings are in in our own lives or what you long for us to discover, God, may 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 that happen today in the next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a really amazing text because it gives us a clue a clue to why we don't always look like God, to why in our everyday lives we don't always reflect his image and what he's um, done for us. And it shows us the path to reflecting that image. It shows us the path to how can we grow to reflect God's image. And if you just think about the text a little bit, Paul, what he says here, he lists some like immoral and some negative characteristics and he, he puts them in this side of like, this is part of an earthly nature or a nature that's not transformed yet by God. And he, he, says, he says that this is part of your, he calls it the old self. He's speaking to people who have already come to Christ, already growing in Christ, already beginning to see transformation in their lives, who are starting to live differently. And he says, you used to be like this. You used to walk this way. This is part of your old nature He says, but you're changing. And here's the reason why you're changing. Something has happened. He doesn't say it right in the text, but he he refers to this renewal that's been taking place. Something has happened that's been changing these people as they've come to Christ. And he describes it as leaving their old life and starting a new life. And it's not in the text, but the New Testament talks about this as salvation or conversion or trusting in Jesus. Something happened that started their new life. But there's still this tension, right? There's this tension that without Christ, we can't be the person God's called us to be. We can't be reflecting the image that God has created us to reflect. 
In other words, though you and me and are all created in God's image, we all are. Something has happened that inhibits us from living that way. My neighbor, Mark, a couple of years ago, he's a great guy. He works at um, um, a home or a school with um, mentally and physically handicapped kids and teenagers. And he works with them in terms of their wheelchair and uh, how to get them set up and, and how to really how to live um, with their disabilities. He's a great guy. His, his job is very physical. Um, it's very physical. And so one day in the summer, he was at a friend's party in their, in their pool in their backyard, and he's jumping on the diving board, you know? And as he jumps, just before he dives, he hits the diving board, and both his Achilles heels snap at the same time. And he, f- he falls into the, into the water, and he, you know, with his hands, he swims back, and he realizes, like, he's in utter pain. It's like crazy rare statistics that both of your Achilles heel will snap at the same time. So here's Mark. He, he's like a guy who helps people rehabilitate. And um, he's off of work for nine months. Casts on his legs, uh, wheelchair. He gets equipment from work. What, you know, this, this, this brokenness in his Achilles heel inhibited him from helping these, these kids. It inhibited him from doing his work. This broke, something broke in him physically that stopped him from fulfilling his purpose and his vocation. Thankfully, he's doing great today. So, ends positively. But for a moment, for nine months, he was stopped from being able to do what he's called to do. And that's partly what we see in the story of Scripture. The story of Scripture in three parts is this, okay? If you want the shortest version of the Bible, it's God's created us in his image. We have, that image has been cracked because of sin. And God's done something to restore his image in us. So three, three, three parts in the Bible. We're created in God's image. That image has been cracked and God has done something to restore that image in us. And if you look at verse 10, verse 10 gives us a little bit of a glimpse of this. He said, Paul says, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. In Christ, we become new. And that new self, that, that the sense of transformation is growing, is being renewed in knowledge in, back to the image of its creator. And when you, when you read that line, you've got to assume... That if there's renewal happening, if there's a new self, there must have been an old self. And if, but if we were all created in God's image, it assumes the image is in need of renewal. The image is in need of growth and transformation. And the Bible tells us that sin entered the world. Genesis chapter 3, and we see the world spiraling into the effects of sin after that. And the image of God has been cracked. One of the words for image in the Old Testament, as the Greeks translated, was the word icon. So when there's an icon representing something, and imagine the icon that you see as an image is cracked. So it doesn't look the way it's meant to look. And I think we could all say that that's partially true, or fully true, that we've seen the image cracked in our society, even in our own lives. Think about politics lately. Think about the trash talk in political campaigns. Does that, does that reflect the image of God, or does that reflect a cracked image? Forget about whose side people are on, whether it's Canadian politics or American politics. Think about the stained lives that keep coming up from people. That the, and the, the problem of 
people's brokenness, but then the brokenness in the media and the system that wants to, tra- you know, wants to bring everybody through the mud. I think that's a cracked image proof. The way we treat people who think differently than us. We're just not going through an election, but if we were going through an election, people who think differently economically or on certain issues, our crackedness, our cracked image comes out when we talk to each other. See, and when we look inside of us, I think we can say, hey, there's a, God's created us in his image, but there's a brokenness that I often have sensed and known. But the scripture says that something new and renewed is possible, and that gives us hope. That hope for the cracked image, right? That's the gospel. That's the story of Jesus coming, God sending his son to restore the cracked image. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, says, in Christ we are a new creation. In Christ we are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is gone, has, 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 is here. Something happened because of Jesus where the image is being recreated, is being renewed. And when someone puts their trust in Jesus, they begin to grow and change. And I love Jesus' language of this in the Gospels. He uses the language born again. Now, I know in our culture, when you say born again, people are like, are those those born again people? I get it, I get it. It has a lot of baggage around it, right? But just, just take the baggage away and think about the phrase born again. And it's such a beautiful metaphor of what happens to someone when they trust in Jesus, when they begin to follow Jesus. Their life is made new. Something new happens. And the cracked image starts to get restored. This week, we were with our community group and we were just talking about some passages in Luke and looking at um, just the variety of people that came to Jesus and the, the life change that started to happen in their lives. And someone at the end of the group said, hey, can I ask an open question for anybody who wants to answer? Can, can, people, can you share um, the effects of coming to faith in Christ in your life? Can you share? And so about two or three people, not everybody, but two or three people shared their story. Shared stories of when they put their faith in Christ and the experience of coming to know Christ. Some were very, very new and some were a couple of years old, and some were, you know, decades old. But they shared their stories, and all their stories were different. I love that. All their stories were different. But the common thread in their stories is there was traces of restoration. There was traces of transformation. There was traces of renewal. There was traces of newness that, these, that people went through because they put their trust in Christ and Christ started to work in their lives. That cracked image was being renewed. Too often though, we just kind of stop there, right? We're like, thank you, Jesus. You're changing my life. Um, You're giving me eternity. Awesome. And then we check a box and we wait. (laughs) And then we recognize the tension in our lives where, oh wow, sometimes I I don't fully reflect God's image. And we expected that like in overnight, in one night or one month or one year, like we're just going to look like Jesus, you know? And then we recognize, oh, I still feel tension, the tension there. I don't feel, I don't see that I'm looking like Jesus. And it's this next part that I would just want to close with. It's, it's, it's these other verses. I want to think about this. Are we dressing up like God? Because there's this cracked image, there's this God renewing our image, the image of of himself in us through Jesus. But then Paul goes further and he's like, 
hey, there is something that you need to participate in if you want the image of how you've been created in to grow. And verse 12 and 14 says these words, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, like Paul's speaking to them as people who are in Christ, as people who are part of the family. But he still says, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves. Get a new wardrobe. Start putting on clothes that reflect the heart of your heavenly Father. And he continues his clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has any grievances against someone. And forgive as the Lord forgave you. And of all these virtues, put on, there's that other phrase, put on, clothe yourself, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Here's this idea of clothing ourselves. It's this continual transformation. Jesus started something, but then we got to participate. And we, we need to dress ourselves with godly characteristics. Now, look at, if you just go to the next slide, look at, the, at, at this list here. Just look at the list. Kind, uh, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, could also be called meekness, patience, forgiveness, love. Like, what is, it, what is the list? What is it, who does this look like? Who does this look like? The number one answer in church usually is? Jesus. Okay, good. That was good. <laughs> Survey says. Um, yeah. <laughs> Top two, three, and four. Um, this looks like Jesus. This looks like the character of Christ. And the scripture tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In other words, when you look at Jesus, you see God. You see who God is like and what God is like and what is on God's heart. And when you read this list, you're saying, oh, here's a character sketch of Jesus. Maybe to be an image bearer, God is working these things in me so I can reflect his heart and his image. In fact, just some help here. Romans 8, 29 uh, says, says this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined, to be conformed to the image of his son. So God, in his sovereignty, as, as people come to him and follow him through, through following Christ, God's plan for them is that they would begin to look like his son. L- look at how Eugene Peterson translates this in the message. He says, He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. So Jesus shows us what it means to be an image bearer. He is the ultimate reflection of God. So what does it look like to reflect God's image and his likeness? Well, Paul gives us a start. He gives us a start. Now just imagine for a second, imagine that if, that if you lived out those characteristics at home, or if you lived out those characteristics at work, or if you lived out those characteristics in your relationships, what if everyone reflected God's image like that? Maybe it's too much to ask of the whole world. What if those who say they're following Jesus, so we'll kind of like bring down the percentage and say, what if those who say they're following Jesus reflected God's image like that? Now, I, I bet you some of you are thinking, come on, is, is being like an image bearer, is, is it just to mean be, does it mean to just to be nice? Because those words are kind of like, that's a nice person. Is that all it is? Maybe some of you are thinking like, that's too simplistic. 
Come on, there has to be something more. And this is not an exhaustive list, but just, just put this list up and, and just look at these words. And I want you just to think, like just, just think for a moment. When you look at those words and reflect on them a moment, they do look like they describe on the outset. Maybe, maybe it looks simplistic. Maybe it's like a nice person. But then ask yourself, what would it take, what would it really take to make each of those true in your life? What would it take to nurture com- the kind of community here at Westside that would reflect those, those characteristics? Or maybe think of this, what, what kind of capacity do you need or I need? What kind of character, what kind of courage would it take to live this way at home, at work, in our relationships, with our neighbors, in our business transactions? What, what kind of courage and capacity and character would it take to live like this? Because I think when you think about it that way, you start thinking, oh wow, maybe it's not that simplistic of a list after all. Maybe I really need God's help in this. And I want you to just consider the diversity Paul describes the church with. If you go back to verse 12, verse 12, Paul says this. He says, here in this church, in this community, as he writes, as he writes to the Colossian church in verse, um, let me get it here. In verse 11, he says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Here, here in this place, Paul says, here in this place, in this church. Now, think, well, I want you to just think, you don't even, we don't even know what a Scythian is. A Scythian is like, you know, oh, and that's that group of people that like, are, seem really more uncivilized than we are. That's what it was in that time frame, that group of people, that tribe of people. Paul is saying, here in this community, you're actually able to, to love and care for one another, express these characteristics because you're putting on a new self. So what would it take, what would it take to truly live out Paul's list with people? Well, I think two things. We said it takes conversion, Jesus coming into our lives and saving us and us following him. And then it takes a new wardrobe. It takes a new wardrobe. It's not just being nice. It's actually a new wardrobe. And I, I love what N.T. Wright says. He says, Remind yourself that to be tender-hearted doesn't mean being sentimental. That being kind doesn't mean being soft, a soft touch or a pushover. That humility isn't the same thing as low self-esteem. That meekness is not weakness, but is what you get when a powerful wild horse has been tamed. Where all the same power is there, but now disciplined and controlled. See, sometimes we take that list, we're like, oh, that's just a nice list. But that's not really the nice list. That's the kind of list, that's the kind of characteristics that God wants to build in us. And it's not really an easy life. It's actually pretty demanding. I don't know about you, but I feel like, wow, that would, that's demanding. That would be hard. But God doesn't leave us alone. See, here's the beauty. First, you're already an image bearer. Each person on the planet is created in God's image. God created you for this. And here's the thing. Despite the fact that we're all cracked, we're all cracked image bearers. Despite that, God sent Jesus to transform us into what he always wanted. And, and here's the beauty. 
Here's the beauty. The renewal then continues. The renewal continues. And we start dressing like Jesus. We start looking like Jesus. We start putting on the characteristics of Jesus. We start taking on his nature. We start embracing him and embracing who he is. And we start to literally change our wardrobe. Now I know physically some of you are thinking like, I do need a new wardrobe. I get it. If you looked at my closet, I mean, there's some pretty old stuff in there. Um, but this is a different kind of wardrobe. But the, the, the scriptures tell us, one, the, the renewal process doesn't start with you or me. It starts with Jesus. That's amazing. That is so encouraging. So he, Jesus knows exactly where to shop for you, okay? Um, and some of you need Jesus' help in shopping. But I mean, in terms of, in terms of our character, and me too, but in terms of our characteristics, Jesus knows the clothes we need. Secondly, so he starts the process. It's not dependent on us. But then we respond by dressing up, by putting that on. And so I want to just, as the band comes up and we're going to take some time to worship today, here's some thoughts. And I thought, well, what, what, what do we do? Where do, we, how do we? How do we grow as image bearers? How do we reflect the image of God? And these are, these are Dallas Willard's words. He wrote this amazing book called Divine Conspiracy. And he says this, and I'm, we're not going to talk about them. We're just going to list them. And he's, he says, if, if we as Christ followers, or if people want to grow in these characteristics, he says this, have an unrelenting study under Jesus. Be unrelenting in your study under Jesus. If we call Jesus Lord, and we call him teacher, and we call him Savior, then let's sit at his feet and say, I'm going to, in an unrelenting way, I'm going to be relentless in studying under Jesus. I want to learn from him. I want to grow with him. I want to understand his heart. And then as you do that, you say, I'm going to start imitating his life. I'm going to look at his characteristics, and look at his life, and look at the way he lived. I want to imitate that. And then you say, well, how, how does he keep that up? How does he have the capacity? And you start to imitate his spiritual practices, how he spent time with the Father, how he, how he understood the Word, how he spent time often in, in solitude and, and then often in community, how both of those were spiritual practices with him, how his spiritual practices uh, gives us a model in, in how we grow in this. Prayer, Scripture, community, worship, service. And then surrendered to it, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because we can't do that alone. We can't do that alone. So God works in us. God molds us. God shapes us. And as we, we, we wrap this series up and we wrap this message up, I just want to encourage you, encourage all of us, as we, we move into this time of worship, is that the longing of your heart? You know, it's nice to say, oh, wow, it's amazing. God's created us as image bearers. And uh, it really influences how we treat people. It influences how we look at the world. It influences how we interact with one another. But then at some point we recognize, I'm a cracked image. And I see the brokenness around me and even in me. And if you haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus and you're thinking, I'd love that image to be renewed, to be restored. You know, no wardrobe will just fix that. That starts with following Jesus. It starts with putting your trust in Christ. It starts with saying, Jesus, I believe in who you are. I believe you're God's son. I believe you died and was buried and rose from the dead. I believe in you and I call you Lord. I invite you to lead my life. And you, you kneel at his feet and you, you, you surrender and you trust him. And he begins to work in you. 
That's the first step. If maybe some of you are thinking, I, I need that, then I, I encourage you this morning for you to talk to God and, and say, Lord, I come to you. I repent. I believe. I trust. And if that's, maybe that's your next spiritual step today, to put your trust in Christ, to believe and repent and move forward. Maybe for some of us that have been following Christ for a while, you, say, you recognize that image is not really being reflected as much as I, I can see it. And some of your next steps is, I've got to dress. I've got to put these characteristics on. And that, you can't do that alone. You need community for that. You need community for that. We can do that together and encourage one another. Um, maybe some of you have trusted and your next step is baptism. You, you've already put your trust in Christ. And, but you haven't really for the metaphor, taking the plunge and said, I'm going to immerse myself in the life of Jesus. I'm going to follow him fully as Lord. And, and I want to walk through baptismal waters and say, Jesus, I'm yours. I'm clean. I'm a new person in you. And I want to follow you. I want to immerse myself in your life. Maybe that's your next step today. As the team leads us in this song or two, um, Wherever your, whatever your prayer is, share it with the Lord. Whatever that step is, bring it to Him. And I'll come back and close in prayer later. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. We're going to pray. Um, and even... If you feel like you're making a decision in any way this morning, as, as, just as I pray, uh, if you feel you need to talk to someone or share that decision with someone, whether it's making a decision to follow Jesus or what that means, maybe a decision for baptism, uh, a decision for spiritual growth, please don't leave without indicating that to someone myself or even leaving a note of connections or maybe someone you can trust here this morning because... We want to help all of us grow in the image of our Creator. If you need to specifically talk with me or pray with me or someone else, as we pray, just come, maybe come towards the front at the end of the gathering. The team will continue to play and uh, someone will be able to talk to you as well. Let's pray. Father, um, Lord, how amazing to know among every other perception in the world what value and worth and identity we find to know that we have been created in your image. Your image. God, the, the love and intentionality and beauty and creativity and relatability. Oh God, thank you. Thank you that you've infused every person on the planet with your image. Lord, may the way we treat one another beyond these walls be different because of that very truth. Yet, Lord, we recognize that um, humanity has been cracked. The image has been cracked. And we're so grateful that you stepped in and your plan was the climax of your plan was for your son Jesus to come and restore our hearts, our lives, that cracked image.
that for all who would receive him, for all who would believe in his name, you would give us the right to become your children, that we can move from image bearers to children, from image bearers to family because of Jesus. Pray for anyone in this room that's just longing to make a step forward into a relationship with you through Christ. Give them courage to make that step. Reveal your heart to them, Lord. And as we continue to grow, we recognize that sometimes we live with the tension. May we respond to what you're already doing in our hearts and may we adopt a new wardrobe that grows us and shapes us because your intent for us is to reflect your image here in community and in our world. And may it be a witness and a sign and a signal to the world of what your kingdom is like, Lord. We long for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.